Welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and I'm here today with Jen and Ashley. This is Ashley. We'll chat about our Unabridged Book Club's pick of the month, recommend related books, and share our nerdy English teacher love of reading with our Unabridged highlights and with short episodes featuring targeted topics. To follow along with our schedule, visit our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, welcome to Unabridged. We wanted, before we get started with the episode, we wanted to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That is the single thing that you can do that will help us the most for finding new listeners and for listeners to be able to find us. So if you could do that, we would be so appreciative. Today, we are doing an anticipated reads update way back in January, I believe. January? I think it was January. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think it was January, not December. (laughs) My gut says January, but you know. So we did an anticipated reads for 2019 list, and we are going to give you some updates. We've read some and we haven't read some. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you some updates and give you our thoughts. Who would like to start us out? I can start. So I had how many books? Six books listed. I have read three of those. Uh, two are not out yet. I have no idea when Patrick Rothfuss's Doors of Stone is coming out. Still eagerly anticipating Rainbow Rowell's Wayward Son. I think we all are really looking forward mm-hmm. to that. That was I stole that one from everybody else's anticipated reads list. <laughs> <laughs> so the ones I've read are Helen Yemi's Gingerbread, which I really enjoyed. So that is, she does a lot of taking sort of fairy tales as the center and then rewriting them, setting them in a really unusual place and time. Gingerbread, I have to say, was very weird, intentionally weird. And it was one of those books that I ended enjoying, but feeling like there were huge chunks of it I just did not understand and probably should reread. But my anticipated reads list continues, so I did not reread it. So I posted a pretty lengthy review on Instagram after I finished it because I was just trying to figure out what I thought. Yeah. So I ended up, I liked it. It is not my favorite of hers. I think Boy Snowbird is still my favorite of hers, but I think it is worth reading and rereading if you have the chance. Karen Thompson Walker's The Dreamers was the next book that I read and I loved that. I, I read that because I really liked her first book, whose name right now I cannot think of for the life In of the me. Age of Miracles. Thank you. Yes. Uh, this one... I, th- I still think I like the first one better, but I thought this one was great. This is about something takes over the world and people just start randomly falling asleep and dreaming for months and years on end. And then some of them start waking up and some don't. And you're sort of seeing what is happening. And I thought it was beautifully done. Her writing is so, so strong and It was weird enough that it caught my attention, and yet she does a great job of just describing a really gritty reality and looking at people's sort of inner motivations. The last one I read was Lee Bardugo's King of Scars, which I loved. I will say, so this one plays on both series that she's had so far, so both the Six of Crows duology and her first trilogy that has an overarching name. Grisha. 
Yeah, the Gristle Series. Thank you, Ashley. Ashley is going to save, coming in with the save my butt here. So, and this it's usually one, Jen's role, so I'm happy to help. I'm so grateful. So I feel like I should have researched beforehand. So King of Scars takes from both of those. And it's been a while since I read the Grisha Trilogy, so parts of it were a little rusty for me. So I found myself going on different uh, recap sites to kind of refresh my memory of characters and what had happened at the end of the Grisha Series. But I loved it. I think Bardigo always does such a good job of world building and balancing a lot of characters without feeling like there are too many. Somehow she can have a huge cast of characters, but they just all seem real and you want to know what's happening with all of them. So I really enjoyed that and I'm anxious to read the next one. All right. Who wants to go next? Um, I'll go. So I had... One, two, three, four, five on my list. And one of them I had already read. I was telling Sarah and Jen prior that I didn't realize we were going to do an update. So I wouldn't have talked about a book I'd already read prior because I had done the arc with NetGalley as how I had read it. So it came out in February. But anyway, um, live and learn. And so <laughs> next time I'll talk about ones I haven't read yet. But that was The Girls at 17 Swan Street by Yara Zeb. And I adored that book. I talked about before why I loved it so much. So I'm happy to see that publication and it getting some notice in the book community the only other one that i've actually read aside from the children's book is laney taylor's muse of nightmares i finally got through that this month and (laughs) and when we said we were gonna do the updated tbr i was like oh good well my tbr stack's still really giant i'm not sure i've made any updates but (laughs) but you know maybe maybe there are some of you out there that are also having that struggle so the struggle is real and i am with you if that is your reality Anyway, I did make it through that one. It took me a long time. True Confessions. I love Lainey Taylor so much. I just, I love her as a person, as what I can see of her. I think that she is, you know, as far as social media and stuff, I mean, I just think that her ideas are great. I think she seems really compassionate and kind. And I also loved everything about her Daughter of Smoke and Bone series. I just gulped that one down and loved everything about it. This series, so Muse of Nightmares is the second in the Strange the Dreamer. Tri- it's going to be a trilogy. No, that's it. That's it? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't realize that at the end. Huh. <laughs> um, so Jen's confirming, but we think that's the end. So it's just a duology. So actually, in some ways, that helps a little bit. I was just going to say that I love her so much, so it's painful for me to say this, but I, it moves slowly enough for a fantasy series that I would be a little bit reluctant to pick up the next one. Because I felt like both Strange the Dreamer and Muse of Nightmares were a fair bit of work. And I felt like I was doing a fair bit of work, which for a fantasy book, I'm not looking to work a lot. That, that, makes, me sound, <laughs> that makes me sound really lazy and also delinquent. I think in we my, all understand. But basically, unless unless the fantasy book is also giving a lot of commentary on society or something like that, like generally I'm just looking for it to be really fun and fast moving. These books were rich. They had a lot of interesting characters. The plot line was 
interesting and yet somehow I felt like I was kind of slogging through them and I felt that way with Stranger Dreamer but I did love the two main characters a lot and wanted to see the follow-up and then I felt like Muse of Nightmares moved even more slowly for me so and Jen did confirm it as just a duology so in that sense I mean I think for for a two-book series it held up pretty well but I can see that I could see why that was the end because I think in some ways it just didn't have quite the complexity of her Daughter of Smoke and Bone mm-hmm. series, there wasn't as much in the world building, I think, and that's what she does so well. And then I also felt like it was hard to, again, for fantasy, it was hard to be that compelled by what was happening. So it was okay. And I still love her. I love her characters. But I just thought that it took me a long time to get through it, which is somewhat a testament to my station in life right now and somewhat a testament <laughs> to the books themselves. I also very briefly have started Angie Thomas's On the Come Up. I had every intention a couple of weeks ago to at least have read some of it so that I could speak to that when I found out we were going to have to do an update. And I was embarrassed because I'd only read one. <laughs> um, but I have only read the first few pages. I did love it and then had to put it down to read the other three books we were talking about today. <laughs> but we're working on cleaning all that stuff up. Uh, so I am hoping to get back to it. I loved the characters right away and thought that the setting was great and I can't wait to see what she does with it but I really haven't done much there I also in an effort to have a better update flip through the cozy minimalist home (laughs) and in that frantic flipping through I discovered that house decorating of any kind including the minimalist kind is just not what I it's not my it's not my thing right now so I put it back on the shelf and thought another time another time and that was kind of refreshing to realize it helped me (laughs) (laughs) It helped me move it off of my immediate pile into my maybe later, like, in five years pile. And that was good. That was a good discovery. So I do look for it. The pictures are gorgeous. But I was like, oh, I don't care about home decorating right now, which sometimes is nice to cross something off your list and just be like, that's not my thing. That's not what I'm worried about right now. So that was good. And finally, I wanted to comment on I got The Undefeated by Kwame Alexander. It's illustrated by Kadir Nelson. And I posted about this on Instagram. I It is the most impactful children's book I have seen in a very long time. And what, and, and my daughter who is four loves it. And I think what makes it so powerful is, and it's a tribute, essentially it's a tribute to black lives and the struggles that African-Americans, particularly in America and in the United States, have the struggles that they have had, that they continue to have, but also the hope for Black people and the interminable spirit of hope. And so I think what my daughter likes about it, she just really loved it. Um, the illustrations are gorgeous. And so I think that's not, and I mean, it's real people. I think a lot of times, you know, kids' books, you see so many, like, animals and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and I mean there's nothing wrong with that but I think that you kids don't see I realized when I had children that like a lot of children's books they don't actually see real people and so the illustrations are stunning and also they're all real people and so I think she likes that and then also Kwame Alexander speaks to in very simple language he speaks to a lot of the hard truths of the horrible things that have happened to black people Mm -hmm. in America and I think that my daughter 
appreciates honesty. Mm-hmm. And so I think she that book has really resonated for her because she loves books about, like, we have the She Persists Around the World book, and we have some other books that speak to, um, like, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Like, she likes those kinds of stories that are about perseverance and enduring hard things and being hopeful. And so I think it's some of that, but I also think that she appreciates when people tell her about things mm-hmm. that are maybe hard that have happened. And so... I, you know, it's prompted a lot of good discussion with her that's a bit more forthright than I think the other conversations that we've had about race and racism and bad things that have happened and continue to happen in our society. And so I really liked that. I just think any books that help us open up those dialogues with young kids are just so important because it gives us a chance to help them understand the world they live in. Which, unfortunately, like, a lot of times we try to cover up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like in an effort to protect kids, I think we cover up the things that are happening around them. But then because of that, they don't have the context that they need that then sometimes causes them to either perpetuate some of the bad things that are happening or at least not stand up against them. And so I just really thought it was it's, – it's a stunning book. I mean, it's just really gorgeous. The language is beautiful, and it also loves that in the end. So – um, it has a glossary essentially that explains who all the people are. And that was another thing that, that my daughter liked was that some of the characters, we do have other books that have them in it, like Martin Luther King, Billie Holiday. There were people in there that she had seen before and recognized. And she really likes that too. Like when yeah. it's real people and she knows who they are and has a sense of who they are. And so I think she liked that part too, but Man, I mean, I think that is a great book. And if you're looking for powerful stories for young kids, I think anywhere from age, I mean, three or four, you know, up through probably eight would be a good, that's a great fit and invite some powerful discussion about racism. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. I was... I was so tempted to go to my Amazon cart and put it in there for my kids. <laughs> but, but I did withstand the temptation. <laughs> um, so my books are, I had four on my list. And I have read two and a half. Like Ashley, I started one because I knew we were having this <laughs> this podcast. But and I, I got halfway through and then I had to stop to read three more books. So I and I was really liking it. So that was Taylor Jenkins Reads, Daisy Jones and the Six. I love Taylor Jenkins Reed. I think she's I, I I just love her storytelling. I loved The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It was one of my favorite reads of 2017. And I just thought it was fabulous. So I was really excited to read Daisy Jones and the Six, and I'm not disappointed. I really like the way that music is, you know, it's kind of like behind the scenes music. It's, it reminded me of like VH1 behind uh, yeah. the music uh-huh. back in the day. And I really like the way that it's told. It's told in interview format. And she weaves these people, like their characters but they're all, it's just all in dialogue because it's all an interview. And she just has this amazing ability to draw these characters and you feel like you really know them. But I mean, there's not a ton of description except in what they're saying. So I just think it's so real. It's just a really cool uh, method to tell a story. 
And I actually had to Google because I, when I was reading it, I'm like, is this a real band? Because it does just seem really authentic. Yeah. So I, so I was Googling and I'm like, no, it's not. But, but I did feel like it could be because it's just so authentic. So, uh, so I'm about halfway through. I really like it. As soon as that is my next thing I'm going to read. I finished all the books I needed to read, so I'm going to go back to that and finish that. I have to say, so uh, Tournament of the Books is having Camp TOB this summer, and that book just made it through the first round, so oh, I was very cool. excited. Although the commentary on it was not, yeah. Was the people talking about it did not love it, but the voters won, so we, oh. we got to choose it. I voted for that one over the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see where that book wouldn't be for everyone. Yeah. I can totally see that, but I really like it, and it moves really fast. Mm-hmm. That's another pl- plus. I know. I have to say, when you said it was all dialogue, I was like, oh, maybe I will read that. <laughs> yeah, I think it you would not, like it. It has not been one that I've found. Yeah, that I've found a strong desire to read. But then when you said that, it suddenly seems a lot more <laughs> desirable. Uh, the second book that I read was Busy Phillips's The uh, This Will Only Hurt a Little. This is a memoir that she that released in the beginning of the year, and I listened to it on audio. I also have the hard copy book, but I listened to it on audio because she narrates it, and I just I love to listen to memoirs where the person who wrote the book is also speaking because I think sometimes, especially with celebrity memoirs, they the celebrity is not the supremely gifted writer. Mm-hmm. But being able to hear the words in their own voice adds something to the telling of the story for me. So I listened to it and I loved it. I didn't know a lot about her life. I just, I know this is going to come as a shock to you listeners, that I loved <laughs> Dawson's Creek and the, the teen angst soap opera. And she was on that. And I loved her character on that show. And I just, I think she's really a cool presence on Instagram. So I wanted to read her book. But she, I mean, she's been through some really tough things in her life. Uh, she is able to tell it with humor. And I just thought it was really good. And I also really like the fact that she was will she's just really willing to say the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a bunch of like going around the bush. She's like, he is a an a-hole and it says the name, you know, it's just, it's just very authentic. She just says it. Mm-hmm. it. It's not like some other memoirs where people are just kind of beat around the bush. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate a straight shooter like that. So it was really good. I liked that a lot. And then the last one on my list that I've read, the other one that I haven't read is Tommy Orange's There, There. And I that is on my list to read this summer. It's high on my list, too. Yeah, so I, I, re- I might listen to that one because I've heard it's really good on audio. Um, so the last one is Tracy Garvis Graves, The Girl He Used to Know. And I think this was a situation for me with right book, right time, because mm-hmm. I have been kind of plodding along in some books. And I I wanted to read something that would be quick, and I looked, and there were lots of white space on the page, and <laughs> <laughs> lots of dialogue, and it's told in alternating perspectives. So that was all very appealing to me, and I mean, I flew through it, and I loved it. I really love the story. It's a love story um, with some complexity, and I just, I thought it was really, I really liked it. And there was a twist. I didn't see it coming, but I did feel like as a reader, there were definitely clues that I should have noticed that it was coming, but I didn't. 
And I was a little shocked by that. And I thought it wrapped up kind of quickly, but I still loved it. I mean, I wrote a review of it on my blog, which we may, I think we will repost so you can go and look at that on our blog. And I really, I mean, I just really liked it. It just was the right book at the right time. So I gave it five stars. I know Jen read it and she, she liked it, but she's not as gushing as I am. That is is fair. (laughs) (laughs) No, there were a lot of things I liked about it. I just had different feelings about the twist but (laughs) so maybe you all can read that and then you can let us know if you're team jim or team sarah (laughs) we'll make t-shirts no i'm just kidding (laughs) you can stick with team ashley neutral (laughs) i'm usually on that team okay does anyone want to say anything before we wrap up if, if, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question then. If, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So if you were gonna one one of the out of the books that you talked about, which is the one that you would say this is the one you should read, and it can only be one. This is Jen. I would say I I want to qualify it. Of course, I'm just going to say King of Scars. Well, I only read one, folks. So. <laughs> No, no not, you did three. That's not true. Um, well, within the time frame, but uh, I will say of that list, I think The Undefeated is phenomenal. So I think it's a great book for, again, I, I just want more kids to read it, and I think that it's good for adults to read as well. I'm going to go with The Girl He Used to Know. I really like that one. And we want to hear whether you like it or not. Yes. <laughs> I know Jen and Ashley like it when I spring these questions <laughs> on them mid-recording. That is all good. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for listening today. And again, we want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And as always, hit us up on social media and let you know, let us know what you think about the podcast and what you'd like to hear going forward. And we'd love to hear about your 2019 list as well. Yes. Thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.